This is Live from Linden. I'm Kelly Walker. Thanks for joining me. We're mixing things up just a little bit this time around. Fox Run Vineyards is our host as we get off the street because Fox Run is about to host its 24th annual Glorious Garlic Festival. Two days of music, garlic vendors, vendors of all kinds, and some great cooking demonstrations. That's where you usually will find me at the Glorious Garlic Festival in the cooking demonstrations tent. That is going to be the home for a couple of our favorites from Linden. And that includes Ben Daly from Sabo and Max Benassi from the new Linden Social Club. Now, originally we were going to get everybody together in a group conversation like we usually do, but you can imagine how busy everybody is getting ready not only for this, but also running some, you know, going businesses. So the guests this week are going to come to us one at a time, starting with Max. Now, when we first talked to the folks from the Linden Social Club, it was just an idea. It didn't even have a name yet. So why don't we talk to Max about how he's turned it not only into a great cocktail destination, but also a great destination for food. When I talked to Craig and Joe, Mm -hmm. and I didn't talk as much to uh, James about it on the podcast where we talked about what was eventually to become the Linden. Mm -hmm. This is how long ago we talked about it. Um, There was not officially a name yet. There was a concept, which was was going to be a a cocktail bar. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that they said is, you know, it'll be a cocktail bar, but there'll be some special surprises. Yeah. I think I'm sitting with one of the special surprises. One of the one of the things that I've heard from people who have come and visited the Linden is I was looking forward to the cocktails. I had no idea it was going to be so great food wise. How did your involvement get started with it? Well, uh, I've known Joe and James uh, probably since I I was let's see, ten or eleven. So those guys were two and four or something like that and you know they were just kids growing up uh you know around the area uh all our parents are kind of friends and uh I was just coming back uh to the east coast and uh I heard they were opening uh a cocktail bar so I heard the same thing you did (laughs) and that was it no name and I think Right when I got here, they had decided a name for it. They decided they wanted to do some food for it. I thought maybe I could help with that uh, part of it since I'm, you know, a chef for 16 years and not really looking to get back into a gigantic kitchen and uh, coaching 40 people on, you know, day-to-day stuff in the kitchen. But... I still wanted to be creative, and uh, I wanted to help my friends out get the the ship sailing. So, uh, put some blood, sweat, and tears into it in the beginning. Uh, f- about four months after I got here, we opened. So uh, that entire time, I uh, just worked for them, uh, building the the space. So. You're one of a number of people that I've spoken to, especially that I've spoken to who are involved in everything that's going on in Linden, who left Geneva and came back. What did you do when you left Geneva? You, you talk about being a chef for 16 years. What's the trajectory of, of that, and where have you been? So I originally moved out west to Big Sur, California, and... Uh 
my heart actually goes out to them right now because there's a big fire there right now and a couple of my friends actually lost their house hmm. but uh i think about big sur every day um it's definitely where i uh honed my craft and started to you know work in kitchen started off as a bus boy saw the kitchen like the kitchen a little more and uh by the time i was 20 i was uh working with a french chef at big sur bakery and i started off there uh working the wood-fired grill and my best friend from geneva who uh he still lives out in big sur right now um he was a wood-fired pizza guy so we ran this restaurant during the day getting the all the veggie prep and mise en place ready for the the executive chef and his French sous chef who was uh basically our coach our trainer and you know we learned a ton 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 of stuff from that I worked for the, uh them for almost four years and then I worked at also at Nepenthe in Big Sur which is another big restaurant it's been there for 50 some odd years and it's got the most incredible views and you know it's a big destination place so you know staying busy all the time uh big sur is a place where you know unless you like to hike a lot you have two jobs so i work in the bakery in the day and the penta in the nighttime and i met a friend and uh she had to finish some school in san diego so Eventually, I ended up in San Diego after six years of being in Big Sur. thought I would never leave there and uh, made the move to San Diego where I met a friend of mine. His name is Jay Porter. And uh, we opened a restaurant called The Linkery, which kind of was a house, a sausage house, Everything handmade from scratch, sausages, cured meats, hams, farm-to-table restaurant, you know. And 10 years ago, farm-to-table restaurant was like, you know, the thing, you know. So I went pretty hard at that, uh, worked there for eight years. During that time, the last three years of the Linkery, we had opened a sister restaurant to the Linkery. And that was uh, Baja Wine Country Cuisine, where I did a lot of traveling in Mexico. I have some uh, great uh, mentors from from Mexico, from Ensenada, Mexico City, Tijuana, that kind of took me under their wing. They liked what I was doing. They wanted all their guys in their kitchens to know what. I was doing and learned that so I would get opportunities kind of trade for teaching their staff uh, you know how to cure hams or break down a pig or something like that and you know I'd get some nice housing vacation time you know away from the hustle and bustle of San Diego but uh, the second restaurant we had open together Jay and I was uh, El Take It Easy and that was the Baja Wine Country Cuisine. And it was a craft cocktail bar, so kind of similar to what we're doing now with the cocktails. 
uh, just obviously different uh, area, different you know style, and uh, uh, I liked it a lot, you know, and uh, I love. I would never change it, you know, but after uh, we decided to split the company up and uh, move to San Francisco. And uh, I was on board for that. And uh, eventually I just decided I wanted to stay in San Diego and not go up there. And uh, so I uh, was gonna either move back to Big Sur or to New York, or I think that was my only two options. Big Sur in New York, and then I bumped into one of my friends in San Diego that I had known for the 10 years I'd been down there, and he had just opened a restaurant like two weeks before, and he said he needed help, and uh, he would take me in as the chef, and uh, you know I got the place up and running, worked there for three years, um, called Carnita Snack Shack. Uh, opened another Carnita Snack Shack with them. So we had two, and then I designed the third one, which is in the Embarcadero in San Diego. Designed the kitchen for the third one, and then I finally decided I was homesick, you know, after 16 years of, uh, you know, thinking I would never come back, you know, and uh, to my surprise, I mean, I know I always loved the land here, but it's more beautiful than ever, you know, and uh, very positive, and every day I just appreciate it, you know, and I'm glad to be back. Something that I, I know several of people have said, notably James Elkin, mm-hmm. he feels like you really have to leave Geneva to come back and fully appreciate mm-hmm. it. You need to leave the Finger mm-hmm. Lakes to come back and fully appreciate it. I mean, mm-hmm. you did go to arguably one of the most beautiful places in the world, Big Sur. Yes. But as you say, it's a it's a beautiful place, the Finger Lakes. And and certainly when you left, it wasn't going through the renaissance that mm-hmm. Geneva in particular is going through right now. Um, as regards, you know, you, you say that you were, were already serving, you know, and, and a chef in a, in a cocktail lounge. How does that change the way you think about the food that you prepare? Because, you know, it's, it's so often that the food is paired with the beverage. Mm-hmm. It's not so often, I think, that the beverage is designed first. People yeah, go in with the yeah. intent of, I'm going to have the, the, the drink, mm-hmm. and then we'll look at something to accompany it. Right. Does that change the way that you think about what you do in the kitchen? Um, well, I wanted to do, I mean, I never make it easy for myself. So (laughs) I wanted to do something different where it was like cocktail forward, you know, and I think, uh, you know, Joe and Craig and James like had that in their mind first. So the food was just going to be a little, you know, snack in the back kind of thing. And I was all for that, and and that's kind of still what we're riding out. And uh, you know, it was it was made. The menu was made to prolong the the time there, <laughs> or you know, bring somebody back. You know, because you know, let's be honest with everything that's going on in Geneva right now. There's 
tons of great restaurants, you know, tons of talented people doing things all the time. So to have our own kind of little niche is perfect for us, you know. When you come out for the Garlic Fest this weekend, what are you, I, I, you don't have to necessarily tell me exactly mm-hmm. what you're going to serve, but what is it that you hope to bring to a demonstration here? What do you hope to bring to people that they may not be getting elsewhere from other chefs? You know, I don't know if they're getting it or not, but we'll find out. You know, <laughs> I'm going to just do some uh basic little things that I do with garlic uh, and and see if that can help people um you know I've always used garlic you know and never really thought it through you know the whole way you know like you know I know there's tons of varieties and uh you know my dad's got a garden full and his buddy's got a garden full and you know it grows great here and you know when you're just running a restaurant it's almost like we need garlic okay get the garlic garlic goes in this garlic goes in that you know but i always been a person to you know make other little things with garlic and kind of use it as a as a enhancing agent you know for my cooking you know i i grew up with my grandma cooking Italian food, you know, so I mean, garlic was in everything. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't even think about it then either, really, just it was just an ingredient. And uh, it's okay just being an ingredient, you know, because you ga- garlic's powerful, you know. I mean, that word comes out a lot when you say garlic, you know, <laughs> powerful, my breath's powerful, or whatever, you know. But uh, I just want to. You know, it's going to be my first time doing it. First time doing a demo in a while, too. So that'll be cool. And uh, just talk with the people and answer their questions if they have them. And, you know, just I just want to show some little tricks, maybe a couple uh, things people can do to kind of preserve it and, you know, keep it all year round, you know. I, I don't think we quite have that problem here because the garlic lasts so long, but, you know, so, uh, a couple different ways to, you know, pervert, preserve it and uh, just keep it on hand in, in other ways than just the raw form. Stepping back to uh, the Linden just for a moment, because mm-hmm. we have to, of course, people are excited about the place. Mm-hmm. How much influence? I, I was really taken with a photo that uh, I think Craig put up the other day of a, a all st- all team meeting there, and James had a bottle in hand, and everybody had gathered who works there and was talking about uh, obviously what you do. How much influence do you have on the uh, on the cocktail menu in addition to your food menu? Um, I have a little bit of influence. Um, the, you know, the guys know that I'm ancient compared to them so <laughs> i've you know tasted a lot of things seen a lot of things you know uh i definitely feel like my opinion matters you know and i mean i know what tastes good or you know what goes well together what, yeah what goes well together but i mean those boys they they kill it on that you know yeah. i they don't, they don't really need my help, you know, but I'm uh, no problem helping. James is the, the, he was doing the thing with the wine. He's uh, just teaching all of us, you know, the wines that we have in house and going over it. So, uh, 
you know, information for us, like to communicate with the guest is our number one uh, point to get across, you know. So, you know, we have that meeting and we go over service steps and go over the wines we have at the time. I went over the menu with uh, all the new guys and, you know, just keeping people informed, basically, making sure we're on our A game. Do you have a favorite cocktail on the menu right now? Personally, I love the Del Sol, but uh, I could go with the Opalaka Daiquiri, too, all day, too. So <laughs> A true daiquiri is a truly wonderful thing. Yeah, After exactly. After so many years of, of walking into places and seeing slushy machines with... Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of high fructose corn syrup and uh, food dye. It's nice to have a true daiquiri around, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we juice the pineapple for that. You know, we we do everything right there for that. So it's nice when uh, you know what's what's in there and it's nothing real bad. So it makes that flavor real pop real good. Well, Max, I, I think that's going to do it if that works for you. I appreciate that it. Was that was outstanding. I, awesome. I want to have you on mic all the time. You've got the greatest voice. Oh, thank you. you got a voice for voiceover, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm going to do when I don't walk anymore. So. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. It was all great right. to have you. Thank you very much. It was especially great to have Max in because he agreed to talk to me on a Tuesday, and that is the uh, night of Tiki Taco Tuesday at the Linden Social Club. A great event, always packed, so it's a busy day for him, and I'm grateful to him for making the time. I'm also grateful to Brud Holland for making some time to talk to me this week for Live from Linden. Uh, Brud is always up to lots of things in addition to being the chef at Fox Run. The Garlic Festival is right in front of our face. Uh, this is the big setup week, and... Uh... You know, we're getting, the tents are going up today, and a lot of stuff's happening in the background. We're getting in all of our cheese and all the stuff that we need in the kitchen uh, to be ready to serve all the things that we do in the cafe, and then just getting ready for the big crowd. And then looking ahead to Thursday is kind of the big kickoff with uh, the town pants, and everybody just loves that. But conceptually, like, what are you doing in the cafe these days? What's 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 kind of where is your attention when I walk in? What what what's it's is keeping you interested in all of the wonderful things that are going on in the Finger Lakes as a chef? Well, this year we uh, we started sourcing chickens and a, a bunch of our produce from you know we always try to source as much as we can uh, in the neighborhood. I like to say you know between the lakes you know we're on Seneca and we've got Cayuga to the east and Cayuga to the west and. You know, I run into farmers all the time, and, you know, once you get connected with one, they've got a friend who's doing something different, and it's really a cool network to be involved with in terms of seeing this thing continuing to evolve here in the Finger Lakes. I mean, I I came, I actually moved here in 79 when there was only about 10 or 12 wineries on this lake, and to see where it's come today and to be a chef here today, uh, working at one of the best wineries here, uh, one of the best wineries and the best staff, I mean, it's... It's exciting on the food side because we've got all this stuff going on. The, the, the whole local movement, whatever you want to call it, I like to just say it's you know buying from farmers in the Finger Lakes because they, it, it's not just about doing that, but it's about the relationships that you create and sort of that network of what's going on. Uh, I also am I'm a board member on the Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty, which you know that's kind of our job and uh, what we want to do as an organization, as a nonprofit, is connect all the people that are coming here, all the people that are already living here, and get this you know, food system, this network of people 
really robust and and just a just a really successful um, you know place to be. I'm from the Midwest originally. I lived in Auburn, Alabama for six years before I moved to the Finger Lakes. We we came here because of Hobart and William Smith Colleges. My wife teaches at Hobart and William Smith Colleges. And even though I've grown fond of saying to friends who ask me what the Finger Lakes is like, well, we grow delicious things and we make them into delicious things to eat and drink, really that's true anywhere. In Alabama, we grew things. In Missouri and Indiana, we grew things. But there really does seem to be just something special happening in the Finger Lakes with the variety, with the uh, vibrancy, with the, how dynamic it all is. As somebody who's been here since 79, what do you attribute that to? I mean, even just the last two years that you and I have known each other, it seems like it has grown explosively with everything that's happening in downtown Geneva, with the, the growth of, of various farmers and, and in the restaurants that are growing up around all of the lakes. What, what would you attribute that to? I think the big word that you hear people talk about is collaboration. Uh, you know, on the, on the wine side, I've heard countless winemakers talk about the collaboration between wineries and winemakers getting together to see what people are doing and to help one another make the best products that they can. Uh, you know, one person said to me one time, it's, you know, if, if one person gets a gold medal, if one winery gets a gold medal, it's good for all of us. And so to kind of support one another and to collaborate and to see people doing good work and to sort of help lift that up. It's, it's everybody wants everyone to do well here. And, you know, every, capitalism is all about competition, but it seems like the Finger Lakes is all about collaboration and people working together. Uh, one of the more recent things that I've been doing on the chef side is uh, we've got this, this uh, project called the Chef's Collaborative Garden. And uh, Max, I think who you were just talking to earlier, uh, Max and myself and Orlando Rodriguez from uh, Verasians and uh, Carl Bray from Geneva on the Lake. Uh, we're all kind of getting together up in Geneva at a farm and growing a bunch of stuff for us to use. And it's not necessarily so much that we're trying to provide our restaurant with a lot of things from a garden. It's more about getting together and talking about the food that we're doing and kind of working together. And I think, I think that's what it is. People really want to collaborate and do things together here. And you don't see that in all the regions. Somebody said to me, you know, oh, oh my God, you'd never see that in Napa Valley. And so to see something unique here, I think it's because we've come so far in the last 30 years. And if you look at the bootstrappers and the people that have been around, they're proud of what they've done, uh, what they've done. And, and they, want to, they want to help other people continue to make it uh, grow and, and be the best place, uh, best wine region in the world. This garden's fascinating. Is that the thing that's going on over at, at Friblin Farm? Is that where that's located? It is. It is. And uh, Sarah Meyer, who works for the Finger Lakes Institute, uh, she is the food systems manager, and she's really creative. She comes up with a lot of different programs, and you know they grew stuff last year, and I, I think every other week she would call me and say, hey, we're harvesting some basil. Can you use it? And so I think it was easy for her to come up with this idea of getting some restaurants together and chefs together. Uh, to, to kind of spend a, an afternoon and, and like I said it's yeah it's a little bit of work uh, we go up there and we spend a few hours uh, picking out all the weeds but we also spend a few hours looking at what's growing and talking about what each of us could do with it and what each of us would do differently because we all have different styles but it but it works and uh, last night we actually did the Finger Lakes Culinary Bounty Harvest Dinner which is uh, one of our biggest fundraisers uh, of the year, and it's 10 chefs that get together and collaborate, uh, put out their own kind of meal 
uh, in terms of their menu item, but all 10 of us kind of gather together to make that happen. And so it's really exciting. Uh, you don't see that very often, uh, and I really enjoy doing it. So this weekend I get to watch you in the demonstrations tent again, and it's always enjoyable to watch you giving a demonstration. Um, without revealing exactly what you're going to be doing, what are you hoping to bring to the demonstration tent this year? Well, you know, it's always the uh, the show that Brud can put on. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I know so many things and so many people, and there's so many things that I can draw on. Uh, you know, I've been teaching for 17 years now at 171 Cedar Arts in Corning, uh, which is a local arts organization that does not only cooking classes, but, you know, everything, ballet, dance, music. Uh, it's a really exciting group of people to work with. But what that's given me is an opportunity to kind of hone my speaking skills and being comfortable talking to, to groups and, and, you know, being able to take a recipe and actually teach people how to use it and develop a recipe that I think people can actually use. There's a number of products here in the Finger Lakes that I just absolutely love to use that I think when I get a situation like the Garlic Festival, yes, I'm going to be using garlic in something. That's a prerequisite. Uh, but also uh, one of my favorite products is uh, a product made by Tina Hazlitt at Finger Lakes Foods. Uh, her and her husband, Eric, own uh, Sawmill Creek Vineyards over across the lake. But they make this uh, Verjou product that's just essentially it's pressed grape juice uh, from grapes that are picked in August when they're thinning and you know trying to raise the quality in the vineyard. And they take those grapes and they press them. And essentially what you get is a really, really tart grape juice that you can substitute for vinegar. Uh, which is a little more harsh on the palate uh, due to the fact that it's acetic acid as opposed to malic acid or fruit acid. And you can use verju anywhere in a marinade or a dressing, and it's just a, it's a lot more wine-friendly. It has a really unique flavor. And, you know, going to the terroir uh, sort of word that's used a lot uh, in the wine industry, I think it really gives you a, a flavor of, of here. It gives you a flavor that's unique uh, to something that's grown here. And they've done a good job of uh, finding cocktail uh, recipes for it as well. They've made margaritas from it, replace it, uh, use it as a substitute for lime juice at times. It's it's a really a uh, flexible product, certainly, I think. It, it is. It's exciting. It's versatile. And it's interesting when people aren't familiar with it, you can tell a little bit of the history behind it, and then they get it. You know, it, I've traced it back as far as the Romans uh, a couple thousand years ago were actually using it to make mustard. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit. I mean, the French and the Europeans have been doing it for hundreds of years, you know, centuries. And it's just, it's one of those, uh, you know, products that's made from something that normally would get, you know, either wasted or composted, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a way to make money from something that doesn't normally get used, which is kind of an exciting way to do something. Okay, so you've been here since 1979. You're, you're definitely in the thick of things right now. What do you think is going to be the next big trend in the Finger Lakes? What do you think is going to be the thing that people are going to be really looking to next? Well, one of the things that I kind of hope for is that, uh, you know, like every every movement, I think this whole local food thing, uh, you know, it's it's made its way from Europe to California and across our country. I think that's that's typically when people talk about stuff, you know, they... California is always the big progressive state and they do all these crazy things and, and then it sort of just filters its way across. I don't know whether it's on the jet stream or what, but uh, <laughs> it, it makes its way to the East Coast and uh, a lot of times things like that. The next thing, at least for me, 
is I'd like people to go to places just purely for the quality. You know, not necessarily for a buzzword or because you do something in a particular way. That, And I think that's what it's all about. And it's not about a particular sort of level of quality, like, uh, you know, it has to be a white tablecloth restaurant. You know, if, if you're doing burgers and fries, why don't you just make the best burgers and fries you can? If you're doing uh, applesauce, just make the best applesauce you can. And, you know, make a name for it, do the interesting marketing. I think there's a lot of things in terms of our culture that are changing a lot with social media. And you have to be on top of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, for us, it's about doing, introducing new things uh, whenever we can. Uh, this year, we found a new farmer who's raising bison here in the Finger Lakes in Branchport. And uh, it's, it's absolutely been the most popular thing on the menu. Uh, in fact, he, he had enough bison this summer, at least he thought, uh, to cover his own catering needs and plenty for us to make tacos. And actually what we do, kind of on the Verjus topic, is we take all of the trim meat that he has. So we don't take any prime cuts. And you know, a lot of times you need a restaurant or, or some way to use up something like that. It's stuff they don't make burger out of. But we braise it in red wine here at Fox Run. And then we pull that meat and we add some uh, red onions and a little bit of verjus and some, some herbs out of our garden, uh, which we have herbs and spices and uh, onions and garlic and all kinds of things that we grow right here on the property that we try to sort of fit into the fold as well. But we add that, we make our own fresh salsa and it comes with a side salad and hands down, I think we've gone through 300 pounds already <laughs> and we're talking about two tacos on a plate. Oh wow. So that's a lot yeah. of tacos. Yeah. And so. You know, exciting stuff like that, you know, whenever someone's raising and growing something new, uh, it's definitely always on my radar to try to find what that is. It makes it makes what we do here unique, and I think it's been able to attract the kind of customers that appreciate what we do. I guess I will see you in the uh, demonstrations tent this weekend. It'll be good to see you again out there. You will. Thanks, Kelly. And finally this week, our host, Scott Osborne of Fox Run Vineyards. Uh, we had a great conversation, talked a little bit about the drought and how that's been affecting the vines. And as bad as it is to be dealing with the lack of rain for the agriculture, it is kind of setting us up for a pretty terrific weekend. We may not be getting much rain, but the percentage of likelihood that the Glorious Garlic Festival enjoys beautiful weather is certainly heightened by the fact that we haven't seen much by way of rain lately. And, you know, the, the only rain they're forecasting is for late Friday night. And, uh, you know, that's perfect from our standpoint because, uh, you know, if it rains, it's great, soaks the grapes. But uh, the weather looks perfect for the Garlic Festival and also for the Town Pants Festival. So One of the things that I took a look at as we approached the weekend, since I spend my time in the food demonstrations tent, I'm always curious who's going to be there. And one of the things I found really striking was wow, new faces, and especially faces that are represented from what's happening on Linden Street. It looks like the Garlic Fest is expanding a bit this year, some new vendors. What's what's new that's coming up? Well, we got, um, we got a couple of new vendors and we got a couple of new chefs. You know, there's been a, um, a, a lovely uh, opening of new restaurants with bringing in new chefs, you know, that are bringing in just different forms of, of the way we can, they, they prepare food and the way we can eat. And, and that's really exciting um, for us here at Fox Run. I mean, one of the reasons that we have the Garlic Festival is, 
you know, I believe that in every meal, good meals, there's garlic. And with every good meal, there's a bottle of wine. And so they're all, uh, they, they all work together. And so to have these exciting new young chefs coming in and um, showing off what they're doing is, is very exciting for us. Well, and it was interesting talking to Max, who's, you know, doing the food over at uh, the Linden. Have you been to the Linden since it's opened? Not yet. Nope, that's you're, one of them I haven't been there yet. You're really, really going to like it. It's They're doing extraordinary work. I've been in numerous times. And I think a lot of people were a little bit surprised when uh, um, it turned out to be such a food destination in addition to being a cocktail destination. But Max represents, yet again, one of these people who grew up in Geneva, grew up around the Finger Lakes, went away for, in his case, 16, you know, almost 16 years, uh, and then comes back. So it seems like people are are still being drawn back to everything that's happening here. We've got, you know, the Linden opening, you've got Sabo is now open, and now you've got Kindred Fair, all three of whom will be represented. I mean, is there an upper limit to what's going on in the Finger Lakes at this point? Oh, I don't, I think it's just getting started. Um, you know, there's um, there's still some room in Geneva, although I'm sure some people would say no. But uh, there, I think there's some room in Geneva for some uh, more chefs to come in. Um, then it's just the, it, uh, you know, Penyan. There's, Penyan is wide open mm-hmm. for um, a good creative chef to open a restaurant now. And, and uh, you know, I think there's a lot of other towns that have a lot of room for good creative people to come in. And, and uh, you know... You know, it always used to be who made the best red sauce or who had the best fish fry. And, you know, people in the Finger Lakes like to eat and they like to eat good food. And they, uh, and I think a lot of them like to eat local. And that's one of the things that they're starting to find out in these restaurants is, is how, you know, people like good food and they like creative food. Well, and in talking to Brud a little while ago, one of the things that we were, you know, in talking to Brud, one of the things that we were talking about was just the fact that it's not just that good food is grown here. So many things are grown here. Have, have you seen a really significant increase in the variety of what people are growing in the time that you've been here? Because you've been here a while. We've been here 24 years, I think, 23 years, something like that. And um, I can never do the math. Um, no, when we came here, like I said uh, about the food scene, but you, the only local cheese you could get was uh, lively, lively Run. Um you know, and and the the farmers were not selling to restaurants, and they weren't selling to Wegmans. You know, they there was not this movement from the farmer out to the consumer, really, unless you drove down to their farms. Um, the the whole cheese thing has just taken off, and you know now. We're starting not necessarily in the Finger Lakes, but down the Hudson Valley. You're starting to see some a lot of aged cheeses, the soft breeze type stuff. That's going to start happening up here in the Finger Lakes, and we have a broad amount of cheeses that that we can work with that we sell, and many of that we sell here at Fox Run. Um, meat producers, you know, Bostrom Farms, and th- their pork is just it's stunning. I mean, when you have that, and and that wasn't here 20 years ago. Um, you know, we, we get bison from a, uh, a man over on uh, Cuca Lake, and that was unheard of 20 years, even 10 years ago. And, you know, th- these different growers of produce and meats and stuff is 
it's just fantastic. And, you know, it gives these young chefs something to work with um, that's local. You travel overseas quite a bit. And you've seen, I think, the, the, um, the stature of Finger Lakes wines improve. Your most recent trip overseas, did you talk to people about your wines? Is there, are we becoming better known outside of the U.S.? Yeah, I was uh, just recently at Provine, which is the largest wine trade show in, in, in the world and of, of wines from all over the world. And uh, I was with the New York booth. And it was real interesting because it, it's it's a big it's a big show to begin with, but they were three deep in front of the New York booth because people and and they were clamoring for the Finger Lakes wines that they had heard of and that they had tasted in previous years, but they wanted to taste more. And because of, you know we usually have about twenty producers of Finger Lakes wines when we're uh, presenting at one of these shows and. And it's amazing from 10 years ago to now and, and how the reputation of the Finger Lakes has grown to, to worldwide recognition. Speaking of growing, I seem to remember that last year was the biggest garlic festival to date in terms of attendance. Is that, is that right? Do I remember yep. that correctly? Yep. What do you think? Is it, are you going to top it this year? I mean, it does look like the weather's going to cooperate. You've expanded out the size of it a little bit. You've got... Uh, uh, town pants, of course, are coming back. How many people did you have come out for Town Pants last we, year? We counted thirteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't be surprised to see you break that number with with yeah. how beautiful it's been and their reputation. Yeah. Well, we're hoping that our our big challenge is parking. Yep. And um, I, today I was with working with the the, the guy who's going to be directing traffic, and we were scoping out new spots for people to park that and give access and so if if um if it and and we we do have golf carts so we're now shuttling people around so that if you end up having to park on the other side of the farm uh, we do it's not going to be a challenge to get into the down to the festival so I'm almost certain I've asked you this before because we've talked about the event before, but I don't. I, the, the answer doesn't come to mind. What's your favorite thing about the Garlic Festival? Well, there's a there's a number one the, the garlic, but the just meeting people from all over. I what blows my mind is how many people from around the world come to this Garlic Festival, and now they may be coming because they just happen to be in the Finger Lakes. Um, some people actually have known in the past and are coming. And it, that's just fascinating to me if, because it's just about every ethnic group in the world comes to this garlic festival at some point. And it's, that's just fascinating to me. Last year, and I think it was on Sunday, there, you talk about people coming who just happened to be in the neighborhood. There was a family, a man, a woman, daughter, who I think were staying in Corning. And they had asked, they came up and asked me if I knew where they could go for a swim. And I didn't really know right offhand. I'm pretty sure it was Dan that uh, comes over and I said, you know, where can they go for a swim? And the next thing I know, you've got about a half dozen of your people who, for all intents and purposes, for the last 15 minutes of Garlic Fest, put together an itinerary for them for what to do for the next two days that they were going to be in the Finger Lakes. 
And I think that speaks well to it of, of again, that, you know, people who just happen to be around finding all of this breadth and depth of variety of things that they can do, you know, just, just by coming to a festival like this and, and places they can go. And it's something I see all the time. James Elkin, when he's at, behind the bar at Microclimate or now when he's at the Linden, he can sketch out a map of where you ought to go freehand like nobody's business just because he's done it so many times. Right. Well, it's, um, you know, the, the challenge in the Finger Lakes is that is finding a lot of these things because they're not advertised. You know, the beach is not advertised, the state park. You know, it says state park, but that what does that mean to, to a lot of people? But to somebody who's local, you know, who's been there, it means the spray park, it means the beach, it means, you know, there's lifeguards. I mean, it, you know, it means all of these things. So you can, you can tell a family, you know, well, it's just not wineries here. You can go here or, you know, the secret beach in Dresden, you know, and, and that nobody knows about. You know, well, you, you ask one of us and we'll say, oh, yeah, down to Dresden, you go down this road and take a left and there's a public beach. Nobody knows about, so... Well, I guess I will see you on Saturday. Well, we're really looking forward to you coming. And I know I'm looking forward to being in the food demonstrations tent once again this year. So if you happen to be at the Glorious Garlic Festival, and I certainly hope that you will, stop by and say hello. Thanks to Scott Osborne for being on the show this week and for being our host. Thanks to Brett Holland for making time and to Max Manassi for making time. Once again, the Glorious Garlic Festival, a two-day event. And if you haven't checked out the Linden Social Club, I certainly hope that you will. That's it for this time around on Live from Linden. I'm Kelly Walker. Thanks again for joining me. I'd like to thank everybody who was on the show this week. And I'd like to thank Shrimps for the awesome music that we use as our theme.